from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan. Raleigh on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Leave some comments. We appreciate all the help we can get with the algorithm. You okay over there? Just losing your mind over some pineapple? Discombobulated. Okay. Did Josh Passon really tell us he likes pineapple on pizza? He did. I had to go to the store today because Anthony doesn't make pineapple pizza. Yeah, for, we're After the show, we're going to drop on by and give Josh Passner, who really needed some therapy this week, man, talking about losing a Louisville. Uh, this is not like a, hey, you know, go beat NC State type thing. Clearly not. It's just, look, man, Josh Passner's been good to us. We should be good to him. We're also running out of coaches who are, like, down with us. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Bray not, leaving. I mean, yeah, no, no my Bray leaving is a gone, huge hit. Man. Ro- First it was Roy, then it was Bray. Yeah, K tolerated me. Yeah, K was fine. He was, fine. He was, he was in a me. different stratosphere. Yeah, it's right? a completely different stratosphere. So we're trying with Shire. Forbes likes us. Kevin yeah. likes us. Yeah, you know. No, we'll see. We'll we'll try. We'll just keep on moving. We got just like things in the rivalry oh, go on to who, a next chapter. You know who really doesn't like us, and I forgot because he's been making all kinds of news this week. Jim Beheim, Beheim, yeah, he who's been tut tutting people up in the uh, up in the dome there. Yeah, he's been talking about oh typical Syracuse media, dude. What they love you? Well, not anymore because you've just been an ass. Did you? Uh, did he ever? Go to that Italian restaurant? No, I never no. got a... Th- yeah, no. so uh, once we found out that the ACC was moving to Charlotte, Gilio and I sent him a gift card to an Italian restaurant in Charlotte. We, I got the mailing address and everything. I have not received a simple thank, thank you. Considering what a jerk he has been, that was kind of big of us. We're big people like that. Yeah. I'm saying we're doing the other things because we're nice, but we're also yeah. like, hey, I'll pick you up a little bit because... ACC media days, right? Yeah. You talk to Pastner and you're like, wow, this guy's like really dialed in. Like, mm-hmm. we we really enjoy his insight. Mm-hmm. And then last year, don't forget now, long before Carolina won at the, at uh, Cameron Indoor. Oh, he called it. Josh Pastner said it. they were going to the Final Four. That Carolina was a fi- And I openly mocked him on this program because I'm like, you're just saying that because they beat you. Mm-hmm. You're but not, he meant it. No, but he, he, absolutely he saw something meant that it. no one else saw. Pro Bowls this weekend. What the skills competition was last night, right? Did you watch any of that stuff? I only saw the highlights yeah, on, okay. on the socials. I, yeah. So the Pro Bowl is picking up some steam mainly because Derek Carr is going to be the quarter. But is and people have made this joke. It makes a lot of sense. Like, who, who's he repping? Because it ain't the Raiders. Is he going to show up like Rob Lowe with an NFL hat? At that a would game? be awesome. That would be hilarious if he did. But Derek Carr just straight up uh, doing some media availability say, yeah, 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 I'm going somewhere else. Listen, Derek, you've thrown touchdown passes in Vegas before. You've been on fire. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. Uh, that's probably why I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> I, like I was right it. there on the field after he had been through yes, the – Yes, and that's yeah, Ryan Clark of ESPN. There, yeah. Ryan Clark of ESPN just absolutely losing it because of that. But here's the thing with, with Derek Carr, who you and I have identified as somebody the Carolina Panthers should be interested in. Absolute upgrade, yeah. It's money. M- money's the issue. It would be an upgrade, but what, what would it cost to get him from the Raiders in a trade? He also has a no-trade clause, which is also something that maybe with the change to Frank Reich as quarterback, as the head coach – 
maybe there's a quarterback out there that would be cool yeah, coming I, to the Panthers. I don't think the exit for Derek Carr will be contentious. That's why he didn't play in the final two games. No. No. Uh, that that will get done. Well, that, the, that's not a big deal. The only contention is the money, because remember, well, I think it's on all, February. 15th. Starting quarterbacks cost thirty million dollars. That's in, that's where you're starting. In so. this case, he's he's due forty million. Okay, so he's due forty million in mid February. The question is, are they going to try to move him before that? Are they going to rework a deal and then move him with the deal? Is there some sort of we trade you? You take a little less money, or you you take this deal, understanding you're getting yeah, a different kind of contract. Think, There's all sorts of permutations. Yeah, I here. think you do what Aaron Rodgers did, and you sign a two or three year, or Tom Brady did too. Mm-hmm. You take a two year three two or three year deal, you spread out the cap hit, and and this year becomes more palatable. It was funny. I was listening to Mike Greenberg on ESPN earlier today, and he's like. Listen up, Jets fans. I'm like, oh, Jets corner's about to start for Mike Greenberg here. But uh, of all the people, like you routinely say on this program that birds aren't real and the salary cap it's isn't not. real. It's so, not. Uh, this is truly not something anyone will even think about. They'll again, find, they'll find a way. Again, maybe I want to start a segment that what are we going to think about on opening day? We're not going to think about the press conference. We're not going to think about Steve Wilkes. Mm-mm. We're not going to think about Derek Carr's contract situation with the Raiders. Can we win? That's all anybody's exactly. going to think about. No, I'm with you. It's it's how are you going to make it work? That that's the question. And or what are you going to give up to make it work? Cuz you rather have Derek Carr or Jimmy G. Well, I'm glad you brought that I up. I think they're both upgrades. They're both upgrades. And I'm glad you brought up Jimmy Garoppolo because given the choices, it's probably easier to get Jimmy Garoppolo than it's going to be to get Derek Carr. Mainly from the perspective of what capital are you giving up to get Derek Carr? What you know, you have to negotiate in some form or fashion with the Raiders because they're not going to cut him. No, but you can play chicken with them. You'll see. Do you think they're going to cut him? That's I do. the question. I do because okay. that's why they wouldn't let him play in the final two games. I don't think because they didn't go- want him to get hurt. I don't think they're going to cut him. That would be they're crazy. trying to play chicken right now. That's what the Raiders are doing with Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't have to worry about no, any of agent. that. He's a free agent. Here's Dan Orlovsky on ESPN earlier today bringing up Jimmy Garoppolo to the Carolina Panthers. I would say Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Carolina Panthers. I'm bullish on the Panthers. I was last year. They almost win the division in week 17. There's a couple reasons why. Number one, this is a top 10 defense in Carolina. Very talented roster. Frank Reich, new head coach, takes over a football team that has a couple of perimeter players that are solid. DJ Moore leading that track. An offensive line that I think is going to trend to being a top 10 unit. Two good running backs. So Jimmy Garoppolo goes to a very similar, at least foundational surrounding piece that he had in San Francisco. So that's Dan Orlovsky on ESPN. I think it was on first take earlier today, uh, being bullish on the Panthers and talking about Jimmy Garoppolo to the Panthers. I'm okay with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm I'm in agreement with you, Joe, in terms of it's an upgrade over what they've had. I just want to make one point abundantly clear and why... Frank Reich, being the new coach of the Panthers, impacts how you have to look at the Panthers as a free agent destination or somebody or a team where somebody like Derek Carr would waive a no-trade clause to go to, right? Frank Reich actually is respected. He's worked with quarterbacks. He's scrambled, as we talked about with him uh, yesterday, uh, having five quarterbacks in five years. Matt Rule was never getting that benefit of the doubt. The further we get away from the Matt Rule era the more and more we're finding out just how much of a disaster that was behind the scenes and how players really didn't respect the guy. Um, Steve Smith on his podcast. I say shouts. Steve Smith on his podcast. Big, big shouts. Just 
eviscerated Matt Rule about just being a college guy, thinking it was going to work with pros, and he wanted, you know, you can't. He said something to the effect of he was controlling who could be interviewed, that kind of stuff. Like, that's big college coach energy. Not, hey, man, I'm dealing with rich, grown men who I'm trying to coach and have a respectable level with. So the further we get away from it, yeah, you know what? It makes sense why certain quarterbacks might not want to come to the Carolina Panthers because they didn't want their fortunes to ride with a guy who clearly wasn't going to be there. Frank Reich changes that. That's good news for the Carolina Panthers. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. Let's check in with Chris Lee in the WRL TV5 newsroom. It's a battle of the Blues weekend. Don't forget mm-hmm. NC State, Georgia Tech as well. Got Pro Bowls. We're two weeks away from the Stadium Series game. We're a week away from the Super Bowl. It's busy February, Chris. What's up, man? It is. It's a very busy February. And also, um, a big talker for today is going to be Kara Lawson. And so, like, now she's kind of taking some of our headlines right before Duke and Carolina, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Duke women's basketball. So. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're talking about Duke women's basketball in the way that they want us to talk about Duke right. women's basketball. Right. right. We're talking yeah. about Duke Duke women's basketball in a way that makes Carol Lawson look bad. I mean, I, I really don't know how else to put it. Uh, she has an allegation that they were using a men's basketball in their loss to mm-hmm. Florida State this past Sunday. We don't hear anything about it until last night after another loss. And that essentially, I'm convinced that she didn't get the answers that she wanted from the ACC. So she decided to bring it up in a press conference yesterday. And the ACC was put in a position, right? Fine. I guess we have to release a statement now that they, this was never supposed to see the light of day was not, but she did not get the answer that she wanted. And now we're here and somebody's clearly lying. And I'd love to know who she says that Duke, um, you know, had their own, uh, investigation. Uh, this is what she said last night, and mm. that their investigation concluded it was a men's ball. Um, you know, I don't know. M- myself and Luis Fernandez, we were just here watching the game back from from Sunday. And just look at it, and just the difference between the first half and second half. And you know, you can't really really tell anything about a television. We aren't there to actually feel them and yeah, have those yeah. in our hands. But the ball looked a little bit bigger in the first half. I don't I don't know if it's just like well, because now I'm aware of it. Maybe I'm seeing it differently. I was gonna say that. But um, that's, yeah. We even paused it at, at one play where Celeste Taylor uh, blocks a, a, uh, a layup at the goal, and the ball in the Florida State player's hand just looked a little bit like, just abnormally big for what mm-hmm. you normally see if you watch women's basketball. Right. Now, that player, I'm not familiar with that Florida State player, that player could be really small, really small hands. You know, who knows what it is. But, um, you know, it's it, it feels like there's got to be something to it because if – the Duke players said something about this, and then one of the basketball had, you know, the assistant coaches felt it and said something about this. Mm-hmm. A man, a men's coach, uh, a men, um, a man, I should say. I don't know. I can't talk to that. Um, get it out. Said, get out of your system now. It's just radio. It's fine. <laughs> just don't do it on TV. You're the, good. Yeah, no, I can't do it on television. Uh, but you know, so it's I don't know. It's something, but it's it's interesting. But that's why didn't Florida that, State? Um, why didn't Florida State say to... anything? That's the thing. Like if if it's clearly the wrong ball, you think Florida why, State would say something about it? Why would they? They were leading the entire game and they won. Uh, 
I don't know, man. Well, that, then that that creates an insinuation that Florida State was purposely using a men's ball to their advantage. No, are they I, practicing? Are they practicing not, with a men's ball? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But I would think that, you know, maybe like for them, what is the benefit for Florida State saying, oh, yeah, we did this? It could have very well been an accident. It could have yeah. very well been a know, men's man. ball on the women's rack, and then that's the one that accidentally got picked up. Who know. knows? But we're we're gonna uh, I'm gonna be on the five you, o'clock news. Talk. You're just asking questions like you did on Twitter the <laughs> other night. You're just asking questions. Where is everybody? Where is everybody at PNC Arena? You're just asking questions. Just asking questions. Man. I, I thought your response. I thought the responses to your tweet the other day about NC State's attendance were interesting. Yeah, because you asked about you asked you asked about fan apathy. I don't think it's about fan apathy. I think it's just about fans having to make conscious decisions about how they're going to spend their money. That's the one thing that we don't want to talk about these days because it's not just NC State that might have some soft attendance on a Wednesday night rainy against a mm-hmm. bad Florida State team. Hey, man, mm-hmm. I saw the crowd for the Pitt-UNC game at 7 o'clock, and I get the same yeah. – I get the same re- – I don't call them excuses. I call them reasons. Well, it's tough to get out there at 7 o'clock. It's Pitt. It's not a game that I might necessarily care about. It's expensive. Where am I going to park? Man, sometimes – we in the media have to, and you saw my tweet because I retweeted you, but I'm, I'll say it for the air. Sometimes I feel like in our business, we should all be required to try to go to a game as a civilian so that yeah. we have a better understanding of why on certain nights, hey, man, I'm just not feeling like going. No, and, and I, I totally get that. And that's something where, you know, there's a lot of folks who said the nine o'clock thing. And I definitely understand, you know, the nine o'clock tip uh, completely. Like most people on a Wednesday night, you either have to get ready for work or mm-hmm. you have kids. To get ready for school, it's not ideal. Yeah, you're to getting back at midnight. Yeah, yes, yeah, that that's not ideal. So I, I completely get that. But it, that that tweet was more so about the rest of the season prior to that. Mm-hmm. That led up to that night when I was just kind of looking because it just did look abnormally empty. And when I looked on the attendance, um, that game, and I remember I went to this game and I shot this game, the Campbell game, which was a seven o'clock tip, different, had seven hundred more people only. Yeah. At Campbell, then versus Florida State. Yeah, maybe the nine o'clock difference is is you know the two two hour difference is the reason for the difference of seven hundred people. But when Florida State is is only drawing as much as Campbell, and in general, even at the Duke game, when people yeah. aren't coming out as much as they probably could for NC State games. Okay, I just had a question about the Duke, question. about the Duke game because I agree with you because you know I was there for the Duke game and PNC yeah. Arena was I would say as soft as I've seen it for a crowd. And a lot more blue than I've seen for a crowd at PNC Arena. Yeah. But you have to remember where yeah. it was at that point in the season. I bet you, I bet you, if that game were played this Saturday as opposed to that Saturday, you'd see more people. Given the way that things are going and DJ Burns has his thing and Terquavion Smith has been lighting it up. I think the opponent, the time, all that stuff kind of matters as well. I'll be really curious. Because, look, man, I was at Duke, uh, Duke Wake Forest on Tuesday, right? Yeah. I'm telling you. There are some empties, man. Empties in yeah. the corner. There was empties in the seats. It was it was and, an interesting scene. So it, I think in general, like, and somebody else brought this up. In general, there are more empty seats. Yeah. At games and there's events in general because, you know, the comfort of your own home is so much better. And you know, it's uh, we have technology now. Like I have YouTube TV, so if I miss anything, I can go back and see the key plays and get the entire game. I don't have to spend money to go or whatever. So I I completely get that. I was just wondering about the NC State fan base in particular. Yeah. And this team that is having a winning season, 
It looks like they are going to make it yeah. to the NCAA tournament if they keep it up. And NC State fans What's also, NC State fans also thought that NC State was going to blow a thirty-point lead against Florida State. Sometimes, man, it's tough to unlearn some things. <laughs> All right, Chris, we'll catch you on TV tonight. We'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. See you guys. Are you ready for the big game? At the Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of the Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. Are we allowed to play any of Bo's interview? Or can it be cleaned up? I think it's clean. I don't know. Maybe it's clean or not. With well, the Paul brother that he... That, this, this Do we got Bo? Is he on yet or not? So... He he's he had one of the Paul brothers on his show, his yeah. HBO show, and he started basically Paul not knowing, and, and I can't wait to talk to Bo about. But he's this. he's on right now, so let's okay. say hello to Bomani Jones, Game Theory, new episode tonight. Uh, we we already have a pre-viral clip making the rounds yeah. on the internet before tonight's I, episode. <laughs> I so yeah. what I was about to say was, this Paul brother decided that he was going to throw his own verbal jabs at. Bomani. Okay. <laughs> now, listen. If we take the Paul brothers' word for it that he doesn't know who this Bo one's is, Jake, right? Yes. Okay. That he you. doesn't know who Bo is. So here's Dennis has the audio. So real quick, here's uh, here's the exchange that we'll get the full thing tonight on on Game Theory. After Tommy Fury, where do you go from there? Like, what happens if you lose one of these fights? Um, I, I don't plan on losing. You know, I, I don't train to lose. Um, maybe that I feel like that's probably like your mindset. You know, a lot of people try to project their mindsets. No, under not, me. I, no I ain't no projected of a mindset. My question is, this is work because we're all surprised that you keep winning these fights, right? But if somebody does beat you, how much interest stays in this when it stops being surprised? They won't. They won't. And and I'm gonna be honest, bro. I don't know who the f you are. My PR team set, Dude, set up. All this I interview. know about you is that people don't like you. So I'm laughing Insane. because normally people, athletes or coaches, would say something like that, and they would just think, "Oh well, the journalist on the other side is just going to cower and go away." <laughs> oh no, sir! <laughs> it's Bomani Jones, who for a living spars with people. So, congrats to you. I enjoyed that tremendously. Well, well, um, this, this this was my thing on that part in particular, because there were like there's a much longer interview. We cut it down to something short. But there are like three different points at which he just decides, I think it's just his his move that he's just going to try to insult me. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But, dude, I'm 42. <laughs> like, you're not going to nanny nanny boo boo me um, into like losing my composure with you, young man. Like, that is actually what I should have done at some point, stopped and said, young man. Like, I got a buddy that used to work in loss prevention at the Nordstrom at South Point and something happened and he caught some kid boosting and the kid like didn't, you know, uh, I guess acquiesce to my man's authority mm -hmm. and he wound up chasing him down, snatching him, throwing him out the Nordstrom, standing over him and saying, young man, <laughs> you must have took me for some kind of bleep. And I should have just hit him with young man. 
<laughs> left well, it there. I, I thought you handled it well. It, it it did make me start to think, Bo, which is kind of it's it's warping my speaking of old man energy here. It is warping my forty seven year old brain. Uh, and you already know my opinion of you, so I'm not fluffing you here. You've spent the better part of what ten years being regularly on ESPN. Yeah, ten close years, to fifteen, at fifteen this point, years. Yeah. Okay, so you're trying to tell me? Oh, no, no, I'm just, but you're trying to tell me yeah. that someone who's reg, okay, even if they don't know you, they oh, you're the black guy on ESPN, <laughs> right? Even if they don't know you're Bomani Jones, they know who the hell you are. Yeah, you, Kevin Blackstone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> You well, be, you've regularly been on ESPN. Now you have your own HBO show. This isn't some like corner niche of YouTube. And I know who I'm talking about. I know the Paul yeah. brothers have eight bazillion followers. But we had a Joe and I had a conversation this week about sports fans who isn't sports fans. Legitimately, if we walked out on the street, uh, in a certain certainly in a certain age demographic. People who follow sports are going to go. Well, yeah, I know who Bobani Joe. He's on. That's they'll at least say it's the guy from ESPN. I see him at the airport. The, you yeah. have who do you have to find to know who the Paul brothers are? Anyone under the age of thirty who doesn't well, watch well, TV? Well, well, actually, it's interesting. It's people under thirty and their parents who hate Jake Paul to death. Like we shot some stuff outside with about Jake Paul, and my question at every turn was, Are these people going to know who Jake Paul is? And they absolutely do. Like. Yeah. It the is young possible. People. Young people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's no, no, no. They weren't even young. Like it was really? a range of people. Yeah. But he's got to remember, man, people are raising these youth. They, people know the teenagers and the teenagers say the stuff. And so they're yeah. aware of who he is. And then they additionally dislike him because everybody that's old dislikes what young people like. Yeah. But the, the thing about him saying that he didn't know who I was is I'm not exactly sure why I'm supposed to be insulted by that. Right. 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 Like you don't know who I am. Cool. Okay. Like it's not yeah. the biggest deal in the world. A lot of people don't know who you are. A lot of people don't know who I am. I mean, it's the thing. But your point about the Jake Paul part is the same conversation I had with Caleb, my oldest, when he made reference to Andrew Tate well before Andrew Tate truly hit the news, right? Ooh, that's frightening. Right. Right. Because it's my job to understand what the heck my kids are consuming on YouTube. So I, whoa, 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 whoa. What you know about Andrew Tate? He goes, Oh no, me and my friends make fun of him like Oh, did you wake up thinking about your new Bugatti? Like he was roasting the idea. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, we're cool here. But as a parent, right, right, right. Come on, Bo. Insufficient daddying, do you? I was about things, to say, man, you, you'd have had things, you, sure, but not. I'm that. just saying, you'd have had the boys watching Danger Mouse, car, Danger Mouse cartoons, listen to all kinds of music that their friends no. have no idea about. Like, yo, no. who's Sonic Youth? Right? You had doing all that, and then if you looked up and they had forsaken it all. They're like, yo, uh, dad had me over here listening to the Indigo Girls, and that made me want to go get all some Andrew Tate. Yeah, that would have yeah. been the ultimate failure. It really would. But no, 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 no. Instead, I take him to a Roger Waters show, and he's complaining about which songs he played. And like, wait a minute, did he really do that? But we talked about that another day. I'm still impressed. That 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 is that's that's a good job by you. I worry for the kid, but also love him at the same time. Fair enough. Bomani Jones, Game Theory season two, still ongoing. New episode tonight with Jake Paul. But look. Hayes Permar was filling in for Adam earlier today. Let's just bring this all in. Let's go all local here, Bo. And Hayes had a had an idea, right? Because it actually ties into what happened with Jake Paul. And that is, he's like, yeah, let's do the thing where... I didn't. I never listened to your show. But... But... <laughs> but... You said... Oh, you just happened to. And when I see that, I'm like, I don't know who you are, man. Like, no, nah, you do. You do. Otherwise, you would have said no to the show. You're just saying yes to all the producers. Nah. Forget <laughs> it. So he knows who you are. 
All right, tonight. Or I'm sorry, tomorrow. We got Cameron Indoor. Actually, hold on. Before yeah. we get to that, as you mentioned that, that I never listen to your show but always know about the show. Uh-huh. How's Dick and Raleigh doing? He's fine. Is he good? He's is, fine. Is, 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 is he great? I is think he, he great? I, I, actually, a- I actually texted him the other day because I'm trying to cash in a favor with, uh, with Hootie and the Blowfish. So we'll see. Ah, ah, I mean, Dick. I, I just, I just, I love that man. <laughs> I'm sure he's DVRing and uh, watching oh, yes. on the app. Oh, he's still waiting for that day that I'm going to wind up on welfare like he said I would when I lost my job in the local area. Remember that, Dick? <laughs> That's local Bo. That's what I want. Much <laughs> like you wanted to be here, you wanted to be here at the end of last season yeah. Oh, yeah. at Cameron Indoor Stadium oh, yeah. as Carolina beat Duke, right? Oh, yeah. I know you missed being here. And now we fast forward to tomorrow where UNC is coming back to Cameron Indoor Stadium. Now it's John Shire and Hubert Davis. And I look, we started the show, and I realized as we're talking about, well, you know, if Derek Lively does this, and well, Caleb Love's going to hit a bunch of threes. And I thought to myself, and I told Joe, what does it matter? Does it matter? Can you talk some sense in him? This is the guy who'll watch every single Star Wars reboot. It's the same movie 38 times. And now all of a sudden, he doesn't want to see a reboot. Well, the thing I'll say is this it matters for a day. Mm-hmm. But it'll take 50 years for Duke to watch the 2022 off. It will take 50 years. You will need entire generations of people who don't remember it happened and don't know anybody who was there mm-hmm. when it happened. It's going to take about three generations to wash off the 2022. I don't know what you would, I mean, it still hurts if you're a Carolina fan to lose the Duke. But you always got the back pocket. Yeah. Always got it. Like it doesn't it doesn't validate anything. It's any if anything, it's like big season opener after a Super Bowl energy on, on Saturday. Look, I told you, if I were uh Bubba Sidle athletic director, right? Yeah. Yeah. If I was Bubba, I would have said that we're not sending our team to the final four <laughs> last year. We wouldn't have played that game. Not gonna have that forfeit win. <laughs> That's right. fine. But it will end like this. This is how we want it to end. How's Coach K taking in the game Saturday? Is he even going to watch? I think so. He'll be so, he'll be in the lair, right? He'll watch yeah, it. I, I, I will I will say this about him. And this is something that'll be interesting to see as time goes on about Shire. One thing that was always very interesting to me as someone who was naturalized into that rivalry and watching it is realizing just how much like K hates Carolina. Realizing just how much Roy, like I think Roy probably hates state more, but it just was never relevant. But like just how much these guys actually hate each other. And Shire, it will be interesting to see how that comes out in him. Um, because I guess it worked out okay in the end, but he went through those three years of losing at home mm-hmm. to Carolina the whole time, where it looked like they were never gonna be on top. I want to see the petty that's in his soul about this because otherwise, losing Shashevsky, who's such a polarizing figure. I think greatly affects how much you enjoy hating Duke. If Josh Shire does not demonstrate himself to be similarly uh, easy to dislike, and Shire seems actually rather difficult to dislike. No, he's no. In, in going to games this season, they've actually changed a lot of the stuff that happens at Cameron Indoor Stadium. You know, Shire's wife comes out with uh, with a patient from Duke Hospital. That's their player of the game. They go to the crazies. They give high fives it's a complete and he goes is to the still cra- cascada i don't even think no they still do okay. i think they still do that there are still some songs that they'll do crazy towel guy 
No, they stopped going to Crazy Retire, Town. Retired. Okay. Well, and that's he's the still, thing. He's still on the league. <laughs> yeah, he's still no. in the league. He's actually still oh, with us. He's at the games. I mean, he's with us. Him. They just don't look for him. Oh, they don't go. Like, did they have a talk with him about that? Uh, I think they uh, just officially. I think they did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they have talked to him about that. Yeah. Wow. And they stopped wow. calling for him. But but when, when I get there, when I get there Saturday, there, when so. I here's the question about the crazies, right? When I get there Saturday and I go over to uh, our our spot, they usually have the cheer sheets laid out. If you're a Cameron crazy, do you even do a, a cheer sheet on Saturday? What, what oh, are you going to say? I don't know why you're making this assumption of these Duke students being self-aware. Mm, okay. Um, that's that's something I've never really witnessed uh, well, how myself. About, how about among... college students being aware? Is that probably a better blanket statement? Nah, yeah, but we're talking about them. Okay. Like the, like a, a big part of the whole Duke thing is the fact that it is, in fact, them. I, you know, I sent you a text on Wednesday where I asked if you were at the game. That's before I saw that red uh, flannel. <laughs> like once you said, of course, I'm here in the flannel. That I looked up, I was like, oh, okay, there's Joe. Um, they didn't seem to be crazies. They seem more like kookies. Yeah. Like it don't. I, this the thing with the crazies is like trying to sustain that whole thing over decades, especially as it becomes a status quo sort of thing. Like those kids just seem to be there. Like, yeah, I went to Duke to say I was with the crazies as opposed to people that were really crazy about this. It's been like that for 15 years at this point. I, I would say like the games I went to in like oh eight oh nine around there. Okay. They was, st they were still pretty body body. It, it looked like a different world, but I guess that's 15 years ago. Sorry about that. My bad. Got old. Didn't realize it. <laughs> Trust me. Joe Joe and I get reminders every day. Oh. Every day. We had a 9 o'clock game the other night, Bo. I could not make it. So I got nothing on that. I ain't going to no 9 o'clock game. No. Bomani Jones. No energy. It's not there for me. <laughs> game theory tonight. Full Jake Paul interview. I, I, got, yeah. I, I got the Paul interview, yeah, brother, yeah. right? I think he yeah, did. it's okay. it's there's, it's, it's really more so than him. There's an essay. It, there's a lot going on there. We also have Stephen A. Smith uh, joining us in studio. Okay, very very cool. No, you mean Stephen A. is not just going to magically appear at the end of the show with somebody you talk to on the street? <laughs> no, no, no. He will he will not be there. Uh, he will not be there with Adam Duritz. We got we got somebody else that we we got a little Easter egg for y'all. All right, all right. Looking forward to it, man. All right, we will uh, we will talk to you next week. All right, man. You guys be good. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate.